Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good morning. Good morning. This is uh, Trey, and that is Stephanie. Stephanie, And we're uh, (laughs) fast and furious here in the Red Sea Studios. (laughs) But um, we're excited that we have uh, Monica Ashour here. But um, we're going to start, as we always do, with our our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray Pray for for us. us. In the Father, Father, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Yeah, so um, we're here with Thaddeus and Stephanie and I, and and, uh, we have Monica Ashour on, who we've had. Hey, Monica. Monica. Hey, how are y'all doing? We're we're doing great. And um, your name popped up last week as we we received a phone call, and... um, I think we've got th- that question, but I but I do want to I do want to uh, just say that we were talking about, and I don't want to rehash what we were talking about, um, the fact that the family is meant to uh, guard, reveal, and communicate love, and we were talking about specific ways that, that you know in everyday life we can we can do that, and then at the very end of of this, um, a, a young lady called a young mother. We're going to run that question, and then hopefully that'll springboard us into a conversation about the next section, which is being family as a community of persons, and about um, well, at least about the topic she's bringing up here. So yeah, so we're going to play a little recorded uh, piece of it. We're just going to play a portion of the question uh, right here. All righty, we we actually have a caller. Uh, this is Miriam Tipley, and Miriam, where are you calling from? College Station. Okay, great. Right. So this is a local local yeah. listener. Thanks for calling in. Let us, uh, what what do you have on your mind today? Sure. Um, well, Trey was talking about love, and I just wanted to comment um, that something that's been on my heart lately regarding how we show love to our children is how quickly we, we respond to them when they have a que- question um, or when they have something that they need us to pay attention to versus how quickly do we respond to, say, a text on our phone or uh, right. versus those who are present with us. So that, right. That, that gives the context to that. I, I, I think it's important that we were talking, Monica, about the fact. And what, do you, what, do you, what would you have said to that lady as she made that comment, uh, Monica? 
Wow. That's great. <laughs> she is on the ball. Right, yeah. Because, um, you know, what, what I think she's pointing out is the person on the phone, you know, through, through text is not bodily there. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that person is away bodily. Um, but the child right in front of her is there. And so it's the way I put it is the body demands a response. <laughs> and I deliberately use the word demands. Um, I, w- I would say Pope John Paul doesn't say the word demands, except when he's saying where Jesus, you know, is kind of demanding with regard to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us to have any sort of social networking take precedence over the body, I think is a mistake, except when we just kind of, when we know that there are exceptions to the rule, like, you know, you're playing with your grandkids, your kids, and, you know, an aunt calls or grandma calls and they're out of town. And so you, you know, of course the exception can be made there, but it should be very intentional. And so this, this young woman who, you know, speaks about, you know, to whom do I respond? I think it's a huge thing. And it impacts like what y'all are talking about, that the community of the family, right. you know, when, when we take the body seriously or we overlook the body in favor of, of something else. Right. And it, it, it's such a dangerous thing. And that's what we wanted to kind of springboard in both those two things, the, the family as a community of persons and, and at least uh, interject this social media screen time in there because I imagine for most people out there, I know it's at our house. I mean, we've, in fact, last night I had to, we, at Stephanie's request, but it was well needed. I had to go in and because I didn't trust extract, my response. Extract, extract. She was ready to be, you very know, present. when you have to step away from the child, <laughs> but, uh, but it's always a challenge. I think, uh, to to do that but but what and and i think you're saying the same thing and any comments you have on it with regard to that is is that it happens day every day where we're in the presence of another person in their bodily presence and and how we respond by the way we act you know towards them and and treat them and respond to requests whatever is communicating something about um, whether we love them or not, I guess. Is that overstepping? Right. I, I would I would also add Dr. Conrad Bars. Um, I think y'all might be familiar with him, the B-A-A-R-S. Mm-hmm. He speaks about affirmative living and um, affectivity over efficiency. And so, <laughs> um, and, you know, he's a counselor, psychologist. He's deceased now, but um, what what he mentions is when a person shows that they are moved by the other, it actually forms that person. He or she knows he is loved. And so I think what we do nowadays due to utilitarianism uh, is we emphasize efficiency over affectivity. Mm-hmm. And so that efficiency um, has to do with like what's quickest, what you know is the easiest, what is most comfortable. Yes. Whereas sometimes being, as kind of Stephanie said, step away from the child. <laughs> the harder, the harder thing is 
really being bodily present to the to the person and people who are with you bodily. Yes. And so, you know, the, I don't know, I think of Machiavelli who just speaks about whatever is most pragmatic, most, most useful. Go ahead and use. Well, our social devices are very useful. Right. You know, you don't even have to talk to a person if you don't want to anymore. <laughs> you can text them. Yeah. Monica, I, this is Thaddeus. I think that's an, also an interesting take on Co- uh, Pope Francis's idea of a culture of waste. It's sort of the other side of that coin where we can't waste any time. We can't waste any uh, materials. We can't waste uh, money. We can't risk wasting those those things on potentially, uh, you know, a child who's born into bad circumstances. And so we can't, they might not, they might not turn out well. So we need to just eliminate them or we have to uh, not spend the kind of time that we should with our family because we can't waste that time. That's, so that's an interesting uh, look at the culture of waste uh, mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, it, it reminds me of, uh, gosh, I can't remember who, what priest said this, but um, that a mom's time and one of her main things she has to do is interruption. <laughs> one of her main missions is to be interrupted, which wow. totally goes against efficiency and what you were saying, Thaddeus, about time or whatever. But it's it's almost like in the nature of a mom, this is part of her mission mm-hmm. to Steph's, be interrupted. Steph's mm-hmm. nodding and smiling. Oh, yeah. No, well, I remember, Definitely. too, being like having this Holy Spirit moment where because I am totally like OCD, list maker, get it highlighted <laughs> to get it checked off, you know. And, um, and when God, <laughs> when God just smacked me with the Holy Spirit, when, when he said, my, my interruptions are not taking away from your to-do list. They are your to-do list. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah. 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 And so the interruptions, I, 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 I laughingly remember thinking, yeah, I've got my to-do list. And then God interrupts me with his. <laughs> right, and extending it to, to dads, I think that guys in general are not very, I mean, you know, even if a guys get together, they always got to have something to do. They could never dare just get together to just be together. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, but there is something about, you know, just, I found that if you spend enough time in, in air quotes, wasting time with your kids, things come up, things mm-hmm. that need to come up, they come out that wouldn't, if you focused on, we got to get this done. And when we're done with that, we're done. You know, you can go do your thing and I can go do mine. My experience is that if I, if I do get you know, stuck in a car. I mean, I I don't mean to use it that way, but I mean, get in a car where I'm going or things don't work out, but I'm sitting there with, with a, with a child and it's not as efficient as maybe any of us would like that things tend to come up it during that time. So it's not wasted at all because it actually allows something to come out because if you're in the always the efficiency, I find myself doing this and I know my kids, I'm not going to bother you with this now because I know you're in a hurry, you know, and I think we have to intentionally allow ourselves some wasted time. And again, I'm using it in, in that sense. Of, mm-hmm. It's not really wasted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not, of course, wasted. And what that reminds me of is that, the, term that Pope John Paul coins, the language of the body. And so children are not dumb. 
Like <laughs> even from, you know, right when they were born, they understand the language of the body. They understand when a mom smiles at them, that it means it's good that you're here right. and that mm-hmm. you care for me and about me. And so, um, you know what you're saying, Trey, it's just when, when I go out to eat or something and I look around, it is appalling to me. This happened, I think, two days ago. Looked up um, and there were a married couple. They were looking on their own iPad at something and their kids across the way from the table each had their own individual video game or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you juxtapose that to what y'all are going through, familiar, it's consortio, how does that reveal love? How does that communicate love? Well, it doesn't. It right. actually communicates division. Mm-hmm. Yep. And division is the opposite of what the family is all about because it's the opposite of God, whom Pope John Paul calls the first family, the, right. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so this technology, so many people talk about technology with regard to sensitive topics and things people shouldn't view and things like that, which is important. But Marshall McLuhan, um, he, he speaks about the, the media is the message. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, like if you're always on this technology, the message is, this is what I care about. I care about this video game. I, I care about this Xbox. I care about this phone more than the, the person around me. Right. And yeah. I, I just think that it's, um, and people don't know this. So, you know, there's no judgment that I'm, you know, what, what I'm trying to say, but hopefully we're raising awareness to your listeners and, and beyond that. It's a crucial thing for us to start looking at the power of technology in our lives and what it takes away from as well as what it gives to us. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you you may you actually made me call to mind when during my conversion just prior to my conversion the guy that I was in a Bible study with I've mentioned this before but it, I think it's exactly what you're saying he challenged me and told me hey Trey well, you know what what are your priorities and I remember you know the the right answer was you know God uh, family and then work in that order <laughs> and then he said oh that sounds really good Trey but why don't you for the next week you monitor how much time you're spending with God, how much time you're spending with your family and how much time you're spending with your work. And you tell me what's most important. And even though he's Protestant, there's an inkling of that, of, of that theology of the body there that says what you're spending time with, what you're dedicating yourself to does communicate what you care most about. Um, and it was, that was actually, that week was a life changer for me because it was, it was like, yeah, it's really kind of work, family, and then God. And um, and so I think hopefully, like you said, maybe this is a point of conversion for some people to recognize that it is these few things that sometimes need. Um, it's the stuff that we do day to day that is actually communicating or not communicating what love is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would also add, um, you know, it's not like this rocket science that – you need to know all this theology of the body right, exactly. in order mm-hmm. to understand the truth mm-hmm. of the family mm-hmm. and the truth of, you know, my simple thing is y'all know that I keep going back to is the body as the standard. That is to say, if we, um, instead of skipping over the body as, as this insignificant tool 
and have it be sort of like that, that lens, that standard by which we measure things, then I think it makes it easier. And the reason why I'm, I'm the one who harps on the body is in the last chapter of the Theology of the Body, the, you know, Pope John Paul, he doesn't say body-to-body encounter. He says a person-to-person encounter. But it's because of the truth of the body reveals the whole person that I think that's what we're getting to. Mm-hmm. That the married couple, in the most intimate way, has a true body-to-body encounter in marital love. And if there's any barrier to that body-to-body encounter, then it's not the fullest expression of the person, nor is it the fullest experience of the other person. And so the couple is robbed through something like contraception, that they're robbed of that full experience. Mm-hmm. But so then my mission in life is to take that understanding, that sacred act, and then kind of do the anthropology behind it, which means like, what does it mean to be human on just a simple level? Um, and that level would be with regard to like the technology of a cell phone. Is that uh, a barrier to a body to body encounter? Mm-hmm you know, with your child, with your niece or nephew, with your grandchildren? Or does that technology aid that bond as much as possible? And so to me, that, that's, um, that's a good standard by which I measure mm-hmm. um, my life and my encounters with others. You kind of understand what I'm saying there? Yeah. Yes. Explain a little bit more. No, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. It's a... It's heavy. <laughs> you know, you know, I think I was thinking seriously, I mean, because I just think about how, I mean, you know, <laughs> you carry this barrier with you everywhere you go. <laughs> I mean, no. you know, these kids don't leave, um, you know, they don't, they don't leave their phones. And as much as we, I mean, it's exhausting to, um, to monitor, but you know, these you know, little devices, you know, and, and I, th- this is something that I, that I've found and I've, and maybe, but either y'all, any of y'all comment on this, but when we went in last, when I went in last night and, and, and extracted, um, one of our children from, 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 <laughs> from his, from being from a device, uh, um, at 17. And I, I, what I said was, Hey, we'd like you to come and join us out in the living room. And just, I want to hear what's going on. Like how did football practice go? How did this go or whatever? And, I think sometimes, that, I mean, in doing that, he actually responded relatively well. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that we've tried to do that when, you know, there's a time and a place, but really we're more important than that. <laughs> we together are. Mm-hmm. And that we, and the only time we can catch up sometimes is just those moments around before meals. But I think if you build it into a culture of a family where where mm-hmm. the most important thing is spending time together then maybe extracting them from that becomes because i was surprised actually at how how <laughs> as a parent how, how positively he responded, he responded yes. to it and then he came out and he told us some things mm-hmm. that had gone on that day but anyway i don't know yeah Go that's ahead. that's good I, I have um another experience with someone who's dear to me and a teenager um i tried to do that and I think he's addicted. Yes. I mean, and I mean the word addict. Yep. Our, our oldest son our was. Our oldest was. Our yes. oldest was. 
He, he oh, did not respond. Oh, well, I mean, he did not, I, he he was did not respond as positively. But, yeah, but but he was. It, yeah, no, and he he talks about it now because yeah. that was one of the things that we talked about with this younger one is please talk mm-hmm. to your brother about how he now at twenty three feels about how much time he spent and the arguments we had over, mm-hmm. um, you know, gaming and and time on the computer and. Yeah, Mm-hmm. And so well, was there need of counseling? Like I'm talking about like a recovering alcoholic and a recovering oh, drug addict. Oh. So they're recovering gaming. Some of my friends who are in counseling, they regularly have teenagers who come in who are addicted in that way. Mm. Like seriously, like it's a heroin, uh, you know, that they, and so the, that might be an extreme thing, but yeah. it is real. No, yeah. I think, and, and maybe, not, maybe, maybe he wasn't, technically addicted i don't i don't know if how you mm-hmm. define addiction but mm-hmm. it was enough to where it impacted well i think him uh, okay i think it, yeah I, mean, I, I think well yeah so he i mean on a minor level i guess yes but mm-hmm. um but i can see i mean in my professional experience putting on my professional hat it, it's an addiction when it takes the place of Mm-hmm. being able to do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself and make good grades right. and go to school. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that to mm-hmm. me is a true addiction. Yeah. And so I guess I shouldn't use that strong of a word. It's, you know, throwing it around because uh, so, yeah, our eldest was definitely not. I mean, he did. I don't I don't <laughs> complete uh, yeah, school. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to. Totally throw my wife under the bus, but it is one of my favorite stories. Oh God! <laughs> I know. I'm ask, your, ask your take on this. Here we go. <laughs> it's, and it's then a, you can have one of your psychology a, friends call me because yeah, I'm true. sure I need some assistance. <laughs> and I'm not. And I'm by no means, by no means, am I am I promoting this response? But but I do think <laughs> she I, has I, had no psychological <laughs> evaluations that have come back negative. That's what you're trying to say, right? <laughs> yes, but but um, uh. but at one point. During the summer, probably between his junior and senior year, she actually got a standing ovation when I when I told this story in front of a, about six hundred parents. But <laughs> but um, we had a long conversation about how how he needed he needed to monitor and take you know, anyway. It had reached a point where he had not listened, had not had not done that. He had been given multiple warnings. Um, I was not in the room. Or, There's or the problem. I wasn't, I wasn't in the room. <laughs> I didn't step she away from the child. She went and took the Xbox and she killed it. I mean, literally mm-hmm. took a hammer to it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. There's never been one of those in our house uh, again. <laughs> but uh-huh. but I, go, Stephanie. Yeah, yeah no, no. we did not repurchase. But, but yeah, we did not repurchase. <laughs> and he, when he said, "Hey, you owe me three hundred dollars or whatever," is what I said. Uh, no, you're lucky that wasn't your hand. But anyway. Um, not trying to not trying to do it, but at the same time, I, I think. Say, go ahead, you tell. Yeah, what interestingly he said. enough, two days later, he was sitting at the table, um, looking into law books because at that time he thought he wanted to go into school to be an attorney, and I was in the kitchen and we were by ourselves, and I was just asked him, you know, what you're doing, what, what are you looking at, and he, you know, was explaining to me all the things he was looking at, and he he sheepishly <laughs> looked up and said, "Hey, mom." Thank you. I've gotten so much done in the last two days that I've wow. been so productive. Right. And he's really never gone back to he's it never since gone then. Back to that. Yeah. Well, it, it was hard because we didn't have. Well, one. yeah, we didn't have one. <laughs> but his friends did. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not like they can't find one. <laughs> but I wonder, you know, I, I, you know, when you cr- when you 
take a hammer to a piece of equipment, which again, please everybody out there, not yeah. promoting it. It please does communicate. Do. Okay, you're more important than this. <laughs> anyway, I, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but and and it it, it has changed forever uh, our culture and our house and our household. In fact, one of the th- first things I said to Kennedy when I went back there was, "Listen, you're doing that on my computer, on my laptop." We can't have mom crushing that one. I need that. So, yeah, it's kind of the family. It, it is now the family joke. Uh, uh, wasn't too funny. Trevor did not think it was too funny the day it happened. But, uh, but now, hey, I now just want one last thing. Madison walked up. Our second child walked up right after that had happened, and she was cracking up. And I walked out, and Trevor's like, can you believe that she did that? Madison looked at him and goes, just remember, about 20 years from now, we're going to be able to sit in a reunion and we're going to look at each other. Remember the day that mom killed the ex So, Yeah, Trevor anyway. didn't think it was too funny. And she goes, yeah, probably too soon. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. I, I, it just made me think about, about you know, that that's an extreme intervention. Not, not, not saying that that's it, but it did, yeah. it did make a very strong statement that like, this is not important we're important. But anyway, mm. yeah. I don't have to mm. comment and we we can you can send us a good psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I'm sure this story uh, is like could it's go kinda viral. gone through. Yeah. There have been a few days. So your wife's story. Story. Oh listen, the whole neighborhood knows. Like they don't bring the Xbox they to don't the bring cash the Xbox and stuff. <laughs> the traveling That's Xbox awesome. days. But Anyway, you're coming over to our house. You're going to play games and hang out with the fam. (laughs) Hey, going back to, uh, by the way, that story is classic. I'm going to retell it in some of my talks. (laughs) Uh, Thaddeus, what are the three words? I forgot the first one. It's something reveals and communicates Uh, love. It's guard. Guard, guard, reveal, right. and communicate. So I, I, I really am flattered that you asked guard. me to recap those words, though, Monica. That means a lot to me. Thank you. <laughs> that is, is awesome. <laughs> you bet. Um, I think Stephanie smashing the Xbox was guarding, guarding. the family. Guarding. Yes. There you go. Thanks, Stephanie Cashin, modern day Luddite. <laughs> Because uh, that's literally what they did. You know, they smashed the uh, the textile machines in 18th century England. Yes. Oh no way! I did not know that. Yeah, that's what the Luddites who the Luddites were. Oh, there's your history lesson. There you go. <laughs> right. See. So, so then the revealing part. Um, you know, I take that to be um, you know sort of like a mission. So one of our books from the Body Matters curriculum. Um, it's a sixth grade book. It's called The Body Reveals God. The body reveals God. So within the family, how does the family reveal love, reveal God? And, um, you know, the the idea of this attention, I think we mentioned earlier, I think it comes from a word, something like attendare, which reminds me of the word tendon. And it's, it's like a leaning toward one's attention is a movement toward the other. And so if we think about the family and even the words father and mother, son and daughter, those are words that communicate the fact that they are meant to go toward each other. You know, a father toward his son and daughter, son and daughter toward the father, toward the mother. And so they are, they are meant to go toward and pay attention to the other. And when we see that, when we see a father and a mother and kids who relate toward each other, 
they're showing through their bodies love. Mm-hmm. And so that is an image of God. It reveals God. So them, just by loving each other, reveal God. And then it's through their love, this idea of communicates love, because uh, Pope John Paul sort of taught me this, that there's the language of words and the language of the body. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, our words are meant to communicate love, but the body itself as a revelation of the person, which is what he says, it is that way of communicating love. So communication doesn't only mean words. Mm-hmm. In fact, the body, you might say, is more powerful than mm-hmm. words, which Absolutely. is why we have the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the sacrament at Mass. Yes. So that is sort of, um, you know, the, the Eucharistic liturgy, Mass, is that language of words and language of the body. And that also should be shown in the family, mm-hmm. language of the words and language of the body. And, you know, just day-to-day activity, communicating love to each other. Um, one more thing. The communication is not meant to be seen as this external thing, but uh, the person experiences that yeah. love. So communicate doesn't mean, we often think the word communicate means like just media communicates, person talks to me. But in his sense, I think he means the whole person receives that love. And that's what the word communicate uh, means. Just like the communicant at Mass, mm. it's not just a message he receives, it's the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the family is meant to be a micro- microcosm of that. that, that your, your, your word <clears throat> choice on, on experiencing it, the, we actually, it's in 18 to Familiar's Consortium from Redemptor Hominus talks about, you know, the you, you know this one, but man cannot live without love. He remains a being that's incomprehensible to himself. His life is senseless. If love is not revealed to him, if he doesn't encounter it, and then he, if he does not experience it. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess that's what you're saying. They've, we've got to allow them to experience it and make it his own, ultimately. Hey, just a quick aside. My, my daughter just had her first communion, and according to my four-year-old, she was a first communion kid, not a first communion kid. <laughs> first communion. I thought so. I was a little thrown off. <laughs> first communion kid. That was a babe. I love it. I oh, love that's it. Great. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, but, but, so, yeah, and bring back the technology with regard to this, like, um, even uh, in First Things Magazine, I read something by Patricia Snow once, and I'm pretty sure she's the one who said, even the cell phone on the table that might even be turned off is a distraction. And so what draws us away from attendare, being drawn toward the other person, is going to be that which kind of puts up a barrier. And so... Uh, you know, the first step is turning off the device, not just vibrate, um, but turn it off and then leaving it in another room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I just dare parents to say that to the teenagers who have phones and you and, can and see what they say. Yeah. Turn it off is hard enough, but put it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, um, I was yeah. just going to jump in here with our our family's experience so far. And so a couple caveats. We, our oldest is only nine and we're homeschooling family. So, you know, our, we're, we're kind of sheltering them and we're, we're guarding them in a, in a kind of radical way, you might say. But, um, 
we made a very conscious decision from once we were uh, expecting our first child that we were going to move the television out of the main house. We had a back apartment and we put it out there. And we were from the very beginning, even when as a little toddler, he would maybe reach for my phone or her phone or my computer, we would move his hand away and we'd say, that's for mamas and papas only. It's not, it's not for you. And we would never, ever, ever give him the phone to even look at as a physical object to never show him a video or a picture. And we've, we've really been sticklers about that. And so all those things have created a climate in our home where our nine and our eight year old, they don't, they don't even ask to watch TV. They don't ask to be on our phones. They don't ask to be on the computer to do things. You know, what I'm trying to pull out of my nine-year-old son's hand and I'm calling, I'm going into his room and saying, can you come out here and be with the family is because he has a book. He's yeah. reading a book. That's good. So I don't, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the, on the back or saying that that's the way that every family has to do things. I mean, obviously, but I am saying that I think kind of in the context of the program and something that y'all preach is we were very intentional about how we were going to try to approach this problem and get our hands on it and, and kind of get ourselves out in front of the problem um, from the very beginning. And yeah. so I think that's, that rings true in this question of be intentional, be purposeful about mm -hmm. what you're going to, to do and, and, and also recognize that you have uh, just what a powerful thing that, that that is and what a conduit for ideas and images and concepts that you don't want in your family that those things are from the television to the computer to the phone and you have to be kind of radical and serious in the action that you that you take so anyway that's our that's one family's yeah. take on it mm -hmm. yeah I, i'd like to comment uh also you know you you mentioned like all the information that they're getting from those devices and whatever i would say the device itself um is suspect mm -hmm. insofar as it's so um uh, you know, it's immediate gratification. <laughs> and so um, I'm not saying, you know, anti-device for everyone, right? But I am saying um, when people only say, well, my kid is on this, but he is watching VeggieTales. My kid is on this and they're watching something from, you know, some you know, good, good show. You know, okay, I, I get that. But I would also even just back it up with the device itself and how much is it kind of capturing the imagination of the child such that the child, you know, needs that constant interaction? Um, and, and, and that's a problem. But I also want to say, like, there may be some families who are listening and they're like, oh, my gosh, I blew it already. And I gave my second, my two-year-old, you know, this. What would you all say, Stephanie and, and Trey, as far as, um, you know, they've done that, but, you know, is it too we, late? Uh, you know, how, how can you monitor it now? And, and how can it not be extreme? 
Because yeah. one of my friends said she never got TV when she was homeschooled. And then when they'd go over to friends, all they would do is look at the TV and not interact <clears> with their <throat> friends because there was no TV. I, so I, whereas Thaddeus and his, you know, I don't know. It, you know, I think it brings a, up more questions. It, well, it's part of, it's part of the, it's part of the, the being purposeful and intentional that says, okay, seventy have always said, um, we're not, we're not, uh, I don't think we're the inventors of this, but we've always said, you know, we're trying to prepare our kids to go out into the world with everything they need to be able to live Catholic, but live in it and not be of it. And so we have always had a parenting upward from a funnel from more limitations to less limitations over time. So things that we need. So we would say, I mean, we would say we've got to teach them how to deal with these things as they get older and not let their first experience be when they 18 and they move into college and their friend has cable. Yeah. And, yeah. but, but, but that is family to family and that is child to child because some children are able to, to handle those things better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe earlier than yeah. others. And so we've intentionally kind of said, okay, we're going to allow this. But getting to your point about I've made a mistake, going up, the, going up that funnel, you, one of the first ways that we always found when a kid would throw a tantrum about anything, I, I promise you this is always true, you've given them a freedom that they weren't ready for. You get them something that they were not mm-hmm. ready for. Mm-hmm. And we would look at it and say, what did we give them that we shouldn't have given them? And we could always mm. identify it. This 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 attitude started here, and then we would come and t- and we would extract it, which was always hard because they've already given it. Mm-hmm. When they got older, we would communicate to them, "We gave this to you too soon. You're not ready for it," mm-hmm. <laughs> and we would take mm. it back as our mistake mm-hmm. um, because we do make that. But we're always trying to say, "Not okay." There's things that are flat out no, ever, never, period. But there are things that for them to be able to function, they've got to be able to learn how to manage it. And we try to have tried to do that. But many times we've given it too soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Stephanie. No, yeah, I, I agree. The, the You know, I, I, I've always because I tend to be a, a legalist. So I, I always like think and want to comment to the legalists out there that the funnel is never just, you know, that we talk about parenting in the funnel. It's never just you're going straight up and out. You know, I mean, it's it's a fluid journey of 10 steps forward, 20 steps back sometimes. Um, and that I, I agree with you, Trey, that when 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 we had that Holy Spirit moment that it was, you know, you you've been given a freedom that you're not ready to to handle. Um, and, and yeah, believe me, that is. It's so hard to deal with, but you deal with it now or you deal with it later. I mean, I, exactly I just, right. I just always, uh, there was something always about, I would always cringe when I heard parents say, oh, well, you know, I, I, you got to choose your battles. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. There was something that always made me cringe about that. And then it was like one day I realized, you know what? It, it's all the little battles <laughs> that win mm. the war. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so mm. the, Every battle that, I mean, everything that's a battle means that there's, there's something there that they need discipling on. (laughs) It's a Mm -hmm. disciple battle. And 
you absolutely want to win that battle. I mean, not, not to stand on that hill and lord it over them, but to walk with them and say, okay, what, what are you struggling with? How are you struggling with this? How are we going to, you know, deal with this? And I mean, like in our family, just for an example, to deal with, you know, media is, um, you know, our, our gaming or, or what have you is, okay, you don't realize how long you're on this. So if you, if you've gotten all your work done, you've gotten all your chores done, you may get on the computer, you have to set the timer, because you think you've only been on there for 30 minutes, and it's been an hour, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was sort of a, a tool that we used, you know. Um, and in communicating, I think it's important for the older kids to tell them, look, there is a day when you walk out of this house, we are not going to be there to tell you, get off of your computer or you're spending too much time mm-hmm. on this. You're going to have that ability, but that doesn't mean that how good I can spend as much time as I want. You have to learn how to manage your time. So we're going to, we're going to help you do it, but ultimately you've got to make that decision. So we've always talked to our kids, which I think is what helped with Trevor once he left, when he started getting busy, we, you know, <laughs> it does matter that you're spending too many hours on that. And he was like, yeah, I've had to make myself stop mm-hmm. doing that. But Yeah. You know, another thing that I wonder about is, um, by us allowing children to be on technology a lot, how how are we helping them to find leisure? Hmm. You know, Joseph Cooper uh, yeah. says, you know, the basis of culture is leisure. Mm-hmm. And so if our reward is always like, okay, you could be on the TV, okay, you could do this, whatever, instead of, hey, you could go ride your bike with your friends. Right. You could go, you know, go look at, you know, go fishing, you know. In other words, being in the world, not of the world. I wonder if in the world is like noticing God's creation Mm -hmm. and receiving that uh, with wonder and awe. Mm -hmm. And and so to to help children to develop a taste for the good life, you know, for uh, a certain type of leisure might be part of what we're saying as far as technology. Because otherwise, I, I think that's their reward nowadays. Yes. Like, here's how I relax. I go play a video game instead mm-hmm. of us helping them to see, oh, you know, interacting with your friends is mm-hmm. actually a better way. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, go know, play basketball. Go walk the dog. Yeah, one, go, one, yeah. of, one of the things that Stephanie <laughs> always did, which I think was, was great, is she would run them out of the house. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, go. Yeah. Y'all need to go play. You know, st- you know, you need to go play with your friends. Y'all need to go shoot baskets or throw balls at each other. Not rocks, but, or, or hammers. <laughs> I think it was or fondly. Smash things. Or smash things. <laughs> or smash things. I mean, it was finally, uh, it was finally like, go be with the three-dimensional people. <laughs> is what the, there you is go. what the cue was that, hey, everybody needs to <laughs> But again, but again, I, I think it's so important that when you do that, that you point out to them because inevitably it will happen they will enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. They, they, they will they enjoy do. it that you point out to them, wasn't that fun, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't a screen. Mm-hmm. And so that you're actually engaging them and in, in being conscious of the fact, yeah, that was fun. And I'm glad you maybe run, you know, run out there because I think sometimes you do things thinking I'm teaching them and you may be teaching them, but sometimes you have to help make that connection and say, you need to do that more often. It was actually fun, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. inevitably they've said, yes, you're right. 
but I but I think you have to help make the connections for them sometimes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, you do. Are. You do. And it's tough. It, it's 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 really tough because I'm going to tell you when when, you know, as a now that I'm working, which, you know, granted, I was very blessed that I did not have to work when the kids were were smaller. Um, but, you know, now that I'm working and when I come home and I'm, I kind of want a little downtime and it's quiet because people are <laughs> on their screens, it's very easy to let that go and say, Ooh, I'm enjoying the peace. I'm enjoying, you know, I'm enjoying the quiet. And, um, and I can see that with, I mean, you know, we homeschooled as well. Our kids didn't have phones until they went off to school. Um, and we back then didn't have the phones yeah. that we have now. So they didn't want our phones, <laughs> yeah, they were just but yeah, there, there was no calls. desire to, to, there was no screen. It was a flip phone and there was no pictures. <laughs> you know, it was just, um, so yeah, we didn't have the struggles that young families are having today. And, and I'm amazed when I see two year olds that get on phones and they know how to swipe. And I'm like, I, you could probably use this device better than I can. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's, Parenting is hard. That's also why I think <laughs> the the old argument of, well, we need to expose them to this technology so that they can learn how to use it. That's such a red herring. That is such a red herring. They'll be you know? fine. They'll be fine. Yeah, they will. And I think that's <laughs> that's a it. point. Like, you know, we didn't do it for for till they were older yeah. and then we yeah, and then we school. allowed it until for, they left the house i was like that. i don't i don't need you don't need a phone to but, be contacted i know where yeah, you are but you don't i mean there are things you don't you don't expose them to it um and and every family is different i think yeah, i think every absolutely. kid is different and you and, and parents have to the thing that we try to promote here is that be parents purposeful. be purposeful i mean yeah. think about what you're doing and why you're doing it mm-hmm. and i always tell the kids frequently me and mom may be making a mistake by telling you, no, don't do that. We might be, but we're at least thinking about it and making a conscious decision. And we'll be the first to tell you if we've made a mistake. But for now, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and Yeah, that, that reminds me, Trey, of like uh, for parents to step up and help their children. So, for instance, uh, sometimes when I give talks to junior high, I remember one time a teacher came up after my talk and said, you know what? The junior high kids are so worried about being accepted and whatever that with texting, they don't even have time to be alone with their family because they're so anxious. Wow. They they want to make sure like, am I going to miss a group text or am I part of this or am I part of that? And so for parents just to say, look, when you come home at 4.30, you could use my phone and text till, you know, 4.45. But after that, that's it. Right. Oh, I'm dad, but I, I, I'm going to miss out on it. I don't care. And I, I actually think it's better for them mm-hmm. because then they could get away from, you know, the, the school stuff yes. that um, sometimes is really hard. Mm-hmm. Don't y'all remember when you were junior high? I'm like, thank mm-hmm. goodness I can be with my family instead of worrying about all this weird mm-hmm. stuff, you know, at that age. Mm-hmm. So I mean, even I'll that, admit, I would say. I'll admit that when I'm on a group text with adult friends oh, and you, you, you know, <laughs> you toss a, you toss a zinger in there to the group about something and you're, you're waiting to see if you're going to get a response out, or at least I am. I'm that vain. No, no, but, um, no I think that's so human I, nature. Of course, it's going to be even worse for those younger mm-hmm. souls. It, and it is. I, I find it work. I, I experience this as much as I communicate with customers and stuff. Um, we ha- you have to 
pull yourself away from it. I mean, you have to put it away. Stephanie made me years ago when we're on vacation, I can check the phone in the morning before people get up and at night before I go to bed, but at other times, and I, and she doesn't do that anymore. I, I just do it. I put the phone away and I always tell people when I'm gone, I'm not going to have it during the day. So it, I'll check it if I need to be responsive to something, but but I think that's it. And one of the great tests of whether your kid is addicted to it is take it away and see how they react. And if mm-hmm. they throw a hissy, mm-hmm. yeah. because I've seen it in my own kids, and then it's yeah. like, okay, we're going to keep it a little longer because yeah. you're enslaved to this. If it's mm-hmm. bothering you that much <laughs> to be, then something's wrong. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But your- it's but it's amazing how purposeful you have to be um, with kids and um, about communicating. To, to friends, you know, we've always told our kids, you don't have those hard conversations over texts and you don't really even have them over the phone. They're better in person so that you can see someone's body language and you can see if they're receiving your message accurately. Um, because even over the phone, things can be misconstrued Absolutely. and you'll never know because you can't mm-hmm. see, again, the body, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, our kids have, you know, I said, I ever, this, this is going to be, you, you're getting no second chances with this. I ever found, find out you, you know, have a issue and, and try to resolve it over text, the phone's gone. I mean, gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I give talks to um, engaged couples every month for the Fort Worth Diocese, and inevitably, I'll mention you know social networking technology, and then I'll say, you know, is it that even in front of your fiance, you you can't put away the phone, or he or she won't put away the phone? And I'm telling you, they they look at each other whenever I say that. <laughs> in other words, even in this relationship where they're in love, mm, technology yes. gets in the way. Yes, and, it does. and I think it's because we form the, these people who are now in their you know, mid-20s mm-hmm. when they were teenagers. So for 10 years, they're used to being on the cell phone and ever yep. present to the cell phone. And, you know, it's just a normal thing. Yeah. And I, I think it's really bad for family life when there's not the proper regulation and, yep. and self-understanding of who I am as a body person, the way yeah. Pope John Paul puts it. Well, we're, hey, yeah, we're, we're down we're, to so our last... Down our last minute, but uh, we need to make oh. sure we got to put the yeah. Tobit information on the yeah, website so we can you. so we can get we can make sure that people can do that. Go to the Red Sea website. Yeah, and do so, that. so and, Tobit.org, T-O-B-E-T dot org, and especially for families, the Body Matters curriculum that my team and I are working on. We'll have the first book done by August of every grade, and they can right. download the scope and sequence. Um, Super, but I awesome. sure appreciate. The opportunity to be with y'all. Yes, thank you, Monica. Thank you. thank you. And really quickly, our verse is 1 Corinthians six twenty. For you were brought, bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. God bless you all. Pray for us. We're praying for you. And go glorify God in your body. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood.